Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Ace and Kate will break it down for you now. Happy summer! Try again. Summer. Try again. To the beach we go. Nope. With well, the beach bong. It was and the like, suntan lotion. It was 85 today. So. It was freaking 85 today. As we record this, it is so toasty but and warm in your apartment. Tomorrow it's supposed to be, what, 50? 57. Yeah. Because Chicago hates us. Welcome to the Midwest. Woohoo! Where the weather changes every five minutes. Please don't blink. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I guess, yeah, summer is not the most appropriate <laughs> I way to I imagine all the weathermen just, like, and women, mm-hmm. I won't exclude the women, yeah. they just throw up their hands and they're like, I quit! I quit! Do you ever I see the, the weatherman who, the the board behind him's going wrong and the temperatures have gone to, like, <laughs> 5,700 and he's just going with it and he's like, this, I'm not your dad, but I think you should leave. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the temperature that steel melts. And he just he's just going with it. It's, Google it sometime. It is worth your time. That sounds funny. It is fantastic. Uh, and speaking of which, who are you? Oh, I'm Kate, the weather woman. Yes, and I'm Betsy, the green screen. <laughs> As been, is our relationship. I'm in front of you the entire time. And I've decided to make this t- Albuquerque 5,700 degrees. <laughs> Uh, yes, what do we, why, why are we actually here? Oh, we don't talk about the weather, we talk about children. Well, we also talk about the books. weather, but yes, we do yeah. primarily, our purpose anyway, is to talk we, about children's books. We try books. and talk about children's books, but somehow we veer into the category of weather. Because it's so gosh darn interesting. Well, it's something everyone can relate to, Yeah, you know? Uh, yes, so we talk about picture books, and we try to figure out if they are classic-y classics. Or crappity crap craps. Yes, and sometimes they're both, but, uh... Depending on who you ask at any given moment. True. So I'm going to start with an apology. To me? No. Oh. <laughs> you? Jeez. What do I have to apologize for? I don't know. Eh. No, this is to a listener, uh, a faithful listener, who asked that we do more books that had, you know on uh, the, the toast where they have the children's books made horrific? She was yeah. like, we need to read more of those on the thing. And I said, huh. well, this... October with the Halloween and all that stuff. Yeah, I should yeah. definitely do. So yeah. I haven't done that, and I may not do that for this month, <laughs> actually, because I want to do, you know, kind of Halloween-themed books. It's like shooting fish in a barrel to do uh, children's books made horrific. They didn't do them, basically. They do. They only do those for books that would are in no way horrific. Right. And then turn them around. So for, out. like, November, December. You like betcha. First Thanksgiving thing, and Christmas. Oh, boy, howdy. First we'll, thing in November, we'll I'm find, just going like, to find the worst. I, the best Rudolph one. and all of his little reindeer. Yeah, I don't think they did that book, but they did do. Turned like, into dinner. Like, something, <laughs> something like that, right? Sure. Yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, by the way, uh, written in Evanston, Illinois. Fun but, fun but true fact. All right. What? It's true. What, the Moving song? on. No, yeah, the original, original. Uh, no, it was a, it was. I think it was. It was a poem before it was anything else. Yeah, written for a company, and it was written in Evanston. What company? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not an encyclopedia. What am I? Wikipedia. Uh, so anyway, um, so what do you think of when you think of Halloween? 
What, what, what comes this to mind? This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Yes. Halloween. Halloween. I Halloween, know that is Halloween. true. What kind of characters do you think of with? Ghosts and okay. witches yeah. and pumpkins yeah. and black cats uh-huh. and Frankenstein Keep going. and uh, Dracula sure. and yep. mummies and you know what zombies. And... You're not going to get it. You know who I think of? Huh. The Grim Reaper. Grim no. Reaper's kind of Halloween-y. No. Death. Sigh. Death is a year-round thing, Betsy. Well, sure, but it's got sort of like, you look, a scythe cuts the wheat, right? Yeah. Well, when do you need to cut the wheat? In the harvest. In the harvest time. Yes. So yes. clearly the Grim Reaper is a very octumbal thing. Um, um, did you say octumbal? I did. That's not a word. It's totally a word. Nope. The autumn of October, of October. is octumbal. <laughs> it's octumbal. Or could it be October? It could be, but it's not. Okay. It's octumbal. No. Um, yeah, so we're going to do um, something a little, little bit of a treat here. Remember how sometimes we go around the world and do classic children's books from other countries? We do. We're going to Germany today. But it's so good. So I'm going to pull it out. Um, oh, but I should even say, even before I pull it out, um, I've been thinking about death a bit lately. Uh, not for any particular reason, but I brought a book home for my kids that came out this year called The Funeral by Matt James, who's Canadian. Uh, only the word F-U-N in The Funeral is sort of bright yellow, so it kind of looks like it's supposed to be The Funeral. It's about two kids totally bored at the funeral of a relative they never really knew, trying desperately to entertain themselves by smelling the inside of their mom's purse and watching the dust motes fly. It's a really, really good book. And I actually had some hesitation reading it to my kids because I was like, they've never been to a funeral. They've never really known anyone who died. And I was like, do I really want to bring up the subject of death with my children? And in the end, yes, I did. And it worked out just fine. But uh, this is very much in the same vein, so I have not read this one to my kids yet. I may do so after this. They're going to have this face, Betsy. Yeah. The weird, what the You have to describe the face. This is radio, my friend. It's like the bottoms, uh, like the sides of my mouth are kind of going down. Yeah. And like the eyebrows are going up. Yeah, so you kind of look like disgusted and pitying of me at the same time. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel. That's wonderful. (laughs) you're, You're very accurate to your own face. All right, here's the book. Drum roll, please. Boo, 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 boo. Duck, death, and the tulip. By Wolf Erblach. Erblach. Exactly. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Right. Wolf. Maybe a V, right? Yeah, that's a V. Wolf Erblach. 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 You got to get a lot of phlegm in the back of your throat to say his name properly. This is not. I can tell you right now, it's not a classic. This is. What are you talking about? No you have said. not even read this book, young lady. No one's you heard of this. The Germans are huge on this book. No one it has a cult in following. this country. Well, it has a cult following here. It has quite the cult following. In fact, this was a reader's suggestion that I agreed with, because I had already known about it. And then a reader said, Okay, one person y'all knows should do about this. this. No, no, I found two articles by other people who know about it. So Okay, three people then. Possibly four. And now you, you're going to be number five. Read that puppy up. While Kate's reading the book, it's time for some background information on Duck, Death, and the Tulip. You don't care. You've never heard of this book. Well, I'm going to give you a little background information anyway. So when we do classic picture books from other countries, I usually have a couple in mind. I, you know, I don't know that many other countries that well but I do know 
what they consider to be classics that we here in America are sort of like, we don't really get it. Um, and the crazy thing about Wolf Erbrach, as I like to pronounce him, is that I think you could say that he has done the art for two entirely different classic international picture books, but not from the same country. So Duck Death and the Tulip is very, very German. But he also did the art for Werner Holzwarts. Okay, he's also German, but he did the art for The Story of the Little Mole Who Knew It Was None of His Business. That is one translation. There are many translations of that title. However you look at it, it's kind of considered a classic in many countries in Europe, uh, including England. Not so much the States. Remember, that's the one with the mole walking around with the poop on his head. Oh, maybe someday we'll do that one. We're not doing that one. Hello. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Wait, is that German? Isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Guten Tag! What else would it be? I have no idea. I just suddenly had this moment of doubt mid-Guten. And uh, I, I didn't know if I we should... We all have keep... that doubt mid goot but you know, you yeah. just gotta get through you it. You gotta get to the tag. Yeah, tag it all the way. I know. I was... I was tag uh, it home, Betsy. I had, I had, I had tog doubts. <laughs> so, this is weird. Americans often say that about this book. I mean, I don't know where to really start. I think we should start at the beginning. So, as Maria would say, I'm gonna have to explain what this book is about because I guarantee no one knows what this book is about. Actually, I was just spending the time you were out there watching countless, and this is literally true, countless different videos about it. Um, the very many plays that have been done. I watched an entire animated short film that was really beautifully done. Uh, it's got its fans. They may not be American fans, but it has its fans. Well, of our listeners, I'm going to assume okay. 1% know what this book okay, is Okay, that may well be true. Uh, so I'll explain. So okay. So we have a duck. There's a duck. And we have death. Yep. Death, imagine your grandmother without a face and with no socks. Oh, does death not have socks? Death does not have I socks. I never noticed that before. Yeah, you can see like the ankle bones. Oh, death be not proud. You have no socks. Yeah, but yeah. I think... And the, a house coat. I think that's... Is that very, I think that's very clearly a house coat. It looks coat. like a picnic blanket just draped over Death's body. Isn't that what a house coat is? I think a house coat is basically just appropriated picnic wear. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So Duck meets Death, mm -hmm. who is kind of adorable. Yeah, adorable, yes, yes. Yes. There's no scythe here. There's no And at first I clunk. thought Death was Dutch. Oh, that makes the, sense. Because the tulip. The tulip, yeah. The Death... We don't know. Death never says where death is coming from. Death could be Dutch. Yes. Who knows? Death be not Dutch. I th so death says, oh, you finally noticed me. I'm death. Mm -hmm. And the duck, I, I don't think this was meant to be a, a joke, but it says. I think it is, actually. Duck was scared stiff. And I went, uh oh, eh, oh maybe, eh, that, maybe that's a translation yeah, thing going eh, on there. Scared stiff. I thought you were talking about duck's expression, which is maybe my favorite picture in the book. There's twice when Duck's pupils are very <laughs> clearly duck. pronounced. Duck's a very long, thin duck. Yes. And, uh, and when Duck is shocked, it's all in the eyes. Yeah, well, all the, up the, here. the pupils only come out twice, and that yeah. is pupil number one. Oh, that's a good point. So, and Death has no pupils in that Death is just a skull head. So. Yeah, which can somehow smile, which, let's be can clear. Can smile, but no teeth? Like, it's not a... 
Because that is unnerving with the teeth. The teeth do yeah, no, does it's, unnerve it's, people. So this is sort of a Death closed mouth. Keeps, the, the skull is always closed. Yeah. But let's be clear. Skulls can't smile or frown. No. And, and the skull does both. Yeah, that's true. So, it's well. You were earlier quoting uh, from The Nightmare Before Christmas with Jack Skellington, who smiles quite a lot. So True. Yeah. True. This is an expressive skull. So I think the illustrator doesn't know how to draw bony hands, and so that's why Death wears mittens. Okay, I kind of love that idea. And I think you you have maybe some basis in that. Yes, you know what they look like? When we read uh, the Monkey's book, the caps for sale, and the, the hands would occasionally just be mitts. Yeah. Yeah. Death wears of, mittens. Yeah. Because the illustrator can do ankle bones. Very good ankle bones. But can't do individual fingers as <laughs> bones. So, mittens. That's the if solution. You, if you object to that, Wolf, you can write in. So, Death and the Duck are mm. talking back and forth. And, uh, and Duck is referred to as she. Yes. Death is referred to as he. Mm-hmm. Why is Death he? Uh, why not? There's, I mean, there's no reason for it. I mean, why, why can't death just be it? It's usually it. I believe in most things death would be it, but yeah. Maybe they're trying to personalize death. I mean, it could just say death gave her a friendly smile. Actually, death was nice. Instead, it says actually he was nice. That's interesting. If you forgot for a moment who he was. Really quite nice. Well, again, this might be a translation thing, too. I don't know who translated this. Bad research, girl. Bad, bad. Um, but it could be that in the original it was it, and they changed it to he for the for the English. Because hmm. we Americans like our genders. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Other languages like their genders, too. That's like, true. The French are all like, I'm just going to make this chair a girl. Like, exactly. really? Well, yeah. Okay. So, Death and Duck talk it out and decide du- Duck goes... You want to go to the pond? And Death had been dreading that. Yeah, I love it. Death's on board with the plan, but is not and, down with and it. And this is where the tulip goes away. When yeah. Death, when Death starts I wondered doing, about the, de- the tulip. Yeah, when Death starts doing things that aren't related to Death. Right. When they start being, like, fun things, mm-hmm. the tulip goes away. Okay. So, except Death is not a fan of uh, swimming in a pool. No. Primarily because his picnic... Like it, jacket gets all soggy. Yeah, this and is why no one ever dies while swimming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Because death hates water. I just that that would be the logical conclusion from this. Death does not like going in the water. Ipso facto, no one dies in the water. You would think. Well, there you go. And death says, "Forgive me," he said. "I really must get away from this damp." The damp. Oh, the and, dank mode. And the duck dank. says, "Are you cold? Shall I warm you a little?" Nobody had ever offered to do that for death, which was sweet. It's kind of like the first time that Duck and Death kind of, you know, yeah, their see relationship eye grows and, in yeah. the course of the book. It's, it's kind not of a just sweet... like you're here for a goal, right? And I am your victim. It's let's Aww. kind of uh, let's, there's a little give and take. Yeah, let's make the most of this, shall yeah. we? And then they fall asleep, and Duck wakes up and thinks, "I'm not dead." Here's the thing: Death can sleep. Apparently, because Death has that snarky comment about, like, I would have had to get up early in the morning if you had time. Yeah, because Duck says, I'm not dead. And Death says, I'm pleased for you. And Duck says, and if I died? And Death says, then I wouldn't have been able to sleep in. So wait, Death death can sleep. Apparently. This is, I don't know if I agree with that. There may be more than one Death. 
we'll get to that. Oh, wait, what? We did I anticipate you? Because I did not intend to anticipate you. We will get to Ooh, that. Okay. Um, okay, so then Duck decides, well, let's do, let's do something else. And Duck's like, okay. And Duck says, shall we climb a tree? And so you just see their little heads. Yeah. Poking out from the top of a, I have no idea what this kind of cherry I, tree, I guess. Maybe. I like yeah, those how are it's, cherries. it's almost like an, it's an exquisitely detailed, as opposed to the both of them. It's almost a different illustration style. Yeah, I imagine um, it's a very beautiful wallpaper that has been cut yeah. and pasted onto the page. It's like a pen and ink etched, looks like an etching. Looks like they've climbed up an etching. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just like that their little heads are Yeah, they're really like, up. boop. Yeah. And uh, Duck looks down and sees her pond and thinks, that's what it'll be like when I'm dead, the pond alone without me. And then it says, death could sometimes read minds. <laughs> Here's the thing. Why? No, no one will be your friend, death, if you can read minds. Of course you've been lonely up until this point. Like... Aww. So, anyway, so Death explains, no, like, when you're dead, the pond won't be there for you, so you don't, you're not going to mourn it, because you'll be dead. Which Duck finds oddly comforting, and uh, I wonder if that's like a... I wouldn't know, I don't think I would call that comforting. Oh, really, you don't think you're... Because, it's, because Death, it says, was not coy about the subject, and then Duck says, let's climb down, Duck pleaded after a bit. Oh, Okay. I mean, I don't know if I... That's true. I mean... I wouldn't be pleading if I was totally comfortable I mean, if someone's like, yeah, you're gonna die. I wouldn't be like, cool. Great. That's... That put my mind at rest. And then you got this weird crow on the page for no reason. It's just a crow. Maybe it's saying nevermore. It's creepy. That'd be a raven. It's like, it had no pupils. That is kind of a weird... It's like... It's on a page all of its own. It's like the illustrator was making the book and was like, oh, shoot. I think it is foreshadowing, right? Oh. It's sort like, of like the crow of death. Or the raven. Yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah, yeah. because on the next because page. Because on the next page, things start to go south for our old friend Duck here. Yeah, and, and Duck starts getting a little less energetic and mm-hmm. says, I'm cold. Will you warm me a little? Yeah. And death knows. Yeah, death's totally Because understands. the tulip comes back. Oh, there's the tulip! The tulip comes back. The tulip, which never is mentioned in the text, but is mentioned in the title. Yeah. Which I find interesting. Yeah. Well, because apparently when it comes to death, you get a tulip. I don't know. It's a weird Dutch I, thing. I, it's a Dutch it's, thing. Death is very explained. Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it's now winter time because mm. it says snowflakes drifted down. Yeah. Something had happened. Death looked at the duck. She'd stopped breathing. She lay quite still. Mm. So at this point we're like, all right, well, it's dinner time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, is that too soon? Too soon. Too, too soon. soon. Little right, tight. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but when, du- when the duck dies, it's the first time that the background changes color entirely. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Because up until this point, it's, it's all been, been white, 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 it's, white. It's all been white. Yeah, that's true. And then all of a sudden, duck dies, and boom! Oh! All blue. Dark, dark blue. Yeah. Not quite a black. Black no. would have been too much. No, it's, it's yeah. a nice blue, and it's got little yeah. flecks of white because yeah. it cuts the nice, snow's Yeah, because it's nice, kind of a lighty, snowy... But I like that. I like yeah. that it's a it's a very it's a visible better choice. I would agree. It's yes. a very visible change for like I imagine mm-hmm. if a child saw this, he'd be like, oh oh, big we thing just happened. Not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, yeah. And the tulip is back, and mm-hmm. so death carries duck 
to the river, lays her in the water, mm-hmm. smooths her feathers, puts the tulip across her chest, mm-hmm. and nudges her down. And uh, and it says, Death was almost a little moved. But that's life, thought Death. <laughs> the end! Yeah, I would agree. That is... And I was watching a animated video of this, and it was all dialogue. So it was the descriptions. It was almost entirely dialogue. There was one or two descriptions, but not, not like in the book. And it got to that line because it, it, all the duck dies. Death puts that duck in the water with the tulip, and then suddenly Death just goes. That's life! And I'm like, nope, doesn't work this way either. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you read it. Yes. the last line of the book is, but that's life, thought death. Yeah, see, that's better. And but you by could, itself, you say, like, it does not work. Yeah, you could say, like, uh, like you're very thoughtful, like, mm-hmm. but that's life. But that's life. They, see, that's a nice word. Or you can say it yeah. very straightforward, like, but that's life, yeah. thought death. Or, but that's life! So... This is, so here's what I wrote. I wrote, I don't get it. Why is death dressed like that? Are like- there multiple deaths or did no one die between <laughs> summer and winter? <laughs> because if death was with the duck the yeah. entire time, did like, I mean, did death just go on a nice, like, what, four month vacation? Well, it's like the story, Five, that classic months? story, the, the man who caught death in a bag, and then, like, nobody on earth can die as long as he has death in the bag. And or are there are, multiple deaths? There's gotta be multiple deaths. I mean, that's the only... I mean, is every being assigned their own that's, death? Yes. Yes. I think that's what they're saying. I, because death says that death has been with the duck well, uh, yeah, her it, entire life, but she has only noticed him now. Yeah. So the that's very, an implication. Yeah. The implication being your death is always with you. Why does Duck's death look like a grandmother? Uh, because it, well, who wouldn't wear that lovely house coat if given half a chance? And the plaid, like. The plaid skirt's a little bit of an underneath. interesting. Yeah, that sure looks like a, maybe it's a kilt. Maybe. Death is Scottish. That's a very, a kilt does not go down to your ankles. Uh, well. No. No. There's no, no actually no, you're right. <laughs> it would never do that. So, yeah, so those were my couple questions, but. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It doesn't make death scary. No. It makes it very matter-of-fact. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've always been with you. Yep. You'll just see me when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you can delay it a little bit if you want, apparently. Kind of. Yes, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, yeah. Apparently um, you can push it off a couple seasons. Yeah, if, as long as you and climb a tree or two. And if there's yeah. a scary raven with no pupils, that's that means when, it's your time. That's when the time that's, comes. That's, that's yeah. the raven doing death's yeah. And, uh, then there you you're... Go. And then you get a tulip. You do get a tulip out of the tulip. It's a very pretty tulip. It's yeah, a nice I like purple. that tulip. It's a nice... It's a very deep... It's a plum. Well, you didn't get to the last picture in the book. So the last picture is a fox chasing a rabbit around death. Right. Who is just strolling aimlessly. Death spends... And I think this does speak to your point about the illustrator wishing to avoid hands. Death does appear to have hands in... Housecoat pockets for much. I of the would book. say behind or his maybe back. behind back. Yeah, yeah. I think he's true. just strolling with his hands behind yeah. his back. But this then doesn't support the theory that every being has its own death. Maybe um, he's become the rabbit's death. Who knows? Or maybe it's a different death. We don't know. It's the same death. Maybe all deaths have that housecoat. Oh gosh, I hope not. I think it's lovely. <laughs> you like your your death's gonna come to you and you're gonna be like, no, go back and change. 
I want to see you in something snappy. We're going to get you dressed, looking good. Have you seen Jack Skellington? And then I'll go. That dude wears a tux. We need to fix this. Yeah. Before I go anywhere, (laughs) this ain't working. No. For nobody. Let's, let's. I don't know who told you that this was a good idea. It might have been like the 1400s. Let's get you up to speed a bit. Let's talk about pants. Yes. All right? Pants and socks. Pants. I was kind of hoping death would have spats. But death does not no, have No, they're like, they're slippers. They're just slippers. They're very, Which like... Which would go very well with a house coat, I might add. <laughs> so, yes. No, it's a very interesting book that no one has heard of. Oh, but they have, my friend. They have. No. So, all right. So, I got two different cases of people talking about this book. And the first one was at a site, and I am unfamiliar with this site, but it's called Romper. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, you know your Romper. Yeah. Okay. So, Romper's Janet Malley. Uh, wrote a whole piece not that long ago, I think it was back in June of this year, about this book. And she said at one point, as she's talking about reading this book to her child, and she says, My voice catches a little as I read the last few pages out loud to my daughter the first time. And then I think, Really? What kind of a parent reads a book about death to their toddler? Where does this slot into a bookshelf full of talking cats, singing potties, Elmo spinoffs, seasonal board books for Easter and Valentine's Day, and goodnight mermaids? But at the same Wait, time, she her really voice it. catches. Yeah, apparently that ending really got her. Really? Well, it is. No, it's sweet. It's sweet with with what death. What are you talking because, about? Because death. It says kind of misses. How is that? Well, if you read it that way, but you know, I guess the duck saying it's cold. You know, there's a, there's a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit there. But the one that I really like uh, is Maria Popova at Brain Pickings. Brain Pickings, uh, specifically with Maria Popova, she likes her children's books. And she'll bring up all the weird ones, all the translations, all the artsy, fartsy, wartsy, partsy ones. And she did a lovely piece on it, which I'm going to make you read. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Death is our friend precisely because it brings us into absolute and passionate presence with all that is here, that is natural, that is love. Rilke wrote in contemplating how befriending our mortality can help us feel more alive. Nearly a century later, John Updike echoed this sentiment. Quote, Each day we wake slightly altered, and the person we were yesterday is dead. So why, one could say, be afraid of death when death comes all the time? Gah. That's terrifying. That's a cheery. Death comes che- all the time. All the time. Every day. Oh, that just gives me chills. Every single day. You know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. So the fox is chasing the rabbit. Yeah. Or at the very on the very last page. Yeah. Do you think that like this could be the same fox from uh, you know the, the, that singing song? Oh, the fox went out on a chilly yeah. night. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. this is the this is a duck. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a duck. Do you think that the and duck... And he did a sling Wait. the... He took... He, we caught the gray goose by the neck and he slung a duck across his back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe the duck is already dead and now yes, death... Yes, in sort of the nether space Yeah, between... and death is just trying to help duck come to the realization that... You... It is... It needs to move on. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> you could certainly call this the companion novel to The Fox Went Out on a Chilly Night. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. And I like that the fox is going after a rabbit for a change at the end there. Well, you know, you gotta change up your diet once in a while. Exactly. You are a fox, after all. So there are many, um, many beautiful books like this one. 
where they discuss death in a similar way, and they're pretty much all from other countries. Because Americans don't deal so well. If Americans do death, they'll do it more in like, this creature is now dead, how do you say goodbye? Um, there's, there's a couple weird ones out there. There's a book called Flat Rabbit, it's not American, uh, about a rabbit that's been run over in the middle of the road, and some animals try to figure out what to do with it, and their ultimate decision is to attach it to a kite and fly it up in the sky. There's another one. Jeez. Uh, is, there, is there any good American um, death books? There's one that came out this year that involved a turtle named Tim. Uh, but unfortunately in that one they put it in a box and attach it to some balloons and fly it up in the sky. What is it with putting animals? Because I keep imagining these animals just falling on some poor kid's head. Like, ah, turtle box! You know? <laughs> and then that kid grows up afraid of turtles for the rest of his exactly. life. Exactly! These yeah. do not seem like you, good you, ways of dealing with death. If you had, like, a turtle shell fall from the sky, that could maybe kill you. It, well, it was in a box. So it was in a it was in a shoebox. So. Well, no, I mean, well, unless it, the the top is oh, tied yeah. to. The... I believe it was tied up quite tight. We'll do that book someday. Okay, I wait. think it's called Tim's Goodbye. Uh, but but not, I will put it in the show notes. That's not a good time. death book. American. No, no, no. Americans don't do it very well. Um, I'm sure there are some good American death books. Yeah, I'll put them in the show notes if I can think of them. But the good, really good ones are not from here. Uh, the Danes have a book that came out, I think it was two years ago, called, no, it was, it was at least three years ago, called Cry Heart But Never Break. Uh, it was great. Oliver Jeffers did The Heart in the Bottle. I don't really think that counts. And then there's this book called Sweets, um, which is also from overseas, and it's great. It's all about two bunnies talking about, like, when I die, where do we meet up? Because <laughs> we've got to find a place to meet up. Like, should we meet in the lobby? And then I was like, yeah, we should totally meet in the lobby. It's very good. I like that one a lot. But these all are all animals. No, not Cry Heart Never Break. Um, that one is all humans, and death is just seen as a very, very old man with sort of a hood, but he's come to take their grandmother, and but he won't take them right away, and so they have tea with death and discuss the whole matter, and then finally he goes and he takes their grandmother away. It's a, it's a very gentle... It's very much in the same vein. Hmm. But yeah, no Americans... Eh, they're not too keen on death. <laughs> they... They won't. They like funerals way more than they like. Or funerals. The funeral is awesome. But yes, exactly. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. Ratings time. Ratings time. I'll make it short and sweet. 6.5. Oh my god. That, I was unprepared for the number to already exist. Sorry. I hadn't even thought what my number would be. Yeah, no, I prepared. Because I really wanted to think about it. I was like, <sighs> I don't like the illustrations. Hmm, interesting. Um, they just don't really do it. That's fine. I mean, it's not your they're, style. They're yeah. fine, but not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, bad. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, it's very simple. Right, know, it's a very right, 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 simple right. book. But I like that it doesn't make death scary. Right. It's very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I like the, the use of changing the background in order to shift the, um, the emotion, yes. I guess, of the yes. book. So that a child can visually see, okay. Good noticing. Um, I do like the raven crow foretelling. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That just gives me an excuse to say but that. But I, I, I can't commit to a seven. Oh. Uh, but I, but I think a six would be too low. You know who can, who can commit to a seven? You. This guy. Right over here. I'm, I'm doing a seven. Straight up seven. I agree with you on many of the points. Um, 
I just think it's it's really well done. Um, really, really well done. But here's the thing. I can't compare this to any death book because I don't know any death book. Yeah, so. well, we'll have just a whole death week where I just bring in ten death... No, I don't know if we're going to do that. No, 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 no. no. Uh, yeah, well, this is one of the best. So you really don't have to see any other death books. And I guess a child would read it and be like, okay. Yeah. Usually, if Americans do it, I should say, there, there are plenty of death books in that it's usually a pet. Uh, and right. sometimes, sometimes like a great grandparent or a grandparent or something like that, but it's it's generally not American. <laughs> so yeah. if listeners know of good death books, oh yeah, if you want to recommend some death books, by all means, uh, write us at thesekate8 at gmail dot com. Cool. I'll read your death books on air. So this is a classic death book. It is a classic death <laughs> book. That's weird. Yay! <laughs> classic death book for Halloween month. Woohoo! <laughs> I promise the next one will be pumpkins and. Halloween tropes. Don't worry. Okay. We won't do any more slightly sweet house-coated death figures walking around with their hands behind their back. By Wolf Erbach. Wolf Erbach. Exactly. Oh, letters time. Oh. Okie dokie. So these actually kind of connect. We got three letters. Oh. Actual letters where people like typed into everything with their fingers. More than 140 characters. More than 140 characters, which I was very impressed by. So uh, the first one, however, is by mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Uh, but there's a reason There's a reason for this. So, first off, she says, uh, she, when it goes to the fox went out on a chilly night, yeah. she says, I blame the illustrator showing us goose tears. Oh, yeah, that was so sad. Yeah, and the fox would have snapped its neck, or it would never have managed to carry it off. I agree with that, because as I've mentioned in the past, right, geese, geese are, are mean suckers. And- they will chase they you into like, a lake. They'd be like flapping their wings. They'd be flapping your wing. It's going to be going like, I'm going to take a piece of this fox with me. That's right. what the... It wouldn't be it would like... Fight. It wouldn't be like, oh, whoa. I don't know. Oh. We don't know the backstory of that goose. It could have just like... Maybe it went through, like, a horrible divorce and Maybe lost all the did. kids, lost all of his Clearly money. Clearly it was He lost his job. Well, remember, <laughs> old Mrs. G- Giggle Gaggle... Uh, after she jumped out of bed, did say the gray goose is gone. Yeah, the gray goose has had issues. Yeah. Maybe it was what already... What makes a goose gray? Uh, Sadness, Kate. Vodka? Sad- yeah, and vodka. <laughs> gray Maybe. goose, right? Sure. What's that horrible thing they do to geese to get uh, foie gras? Yeah, um, they stuff the livers. Maybe it was a potential foie gras. Maybe it was going to have a worse fate than being eaten by a fox. True. That's a happy ending. <laughs> Jeez. Exactly. Back to letters. Back to letters. So she makes some autumnal classic suggestions. Uh, she suggested Chris Van Allsburg's The Stranger. I have considered that, Mom. I do love that book, but it's not very well known. Uh, and then the second one is Oxcart Man. As she says, every parent has a book they love that their children call boring. Ours was Oxcart Man. I vaguely remember seeing a book with that title and thinking, this is boring. <laughs> it was a flat folk art style yeah. that did not appeal to the Ramsey clan. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I like I it couldn't reading, tell you what it's about. Reading but... Rainbow did it, and I enjoyed it in that context because then things appeared to move, hmm. which they do not in when you read it. Sorry, Donald Hall. Yeah, I couldn't uh, tell you what it's about now, but I do remember It's thinking... about an ox cart, man. Okay. It's pretty much, we've just covered it. Wonderful. <laughs> Moving now, on. <laughs> here's where it gets weird. The next one, the next letter is from Laura. Who writes about Oxcart Man? I kid you not. She says, I've been thinking over your comment a few episodes back. I don't remember specifically which one. 
that there are few picture books whose protagonist is an adult human. There definitely aren't many, but Oxcart Man came to mind as an example that I remember fondly from my childhood. And she also recommends Miss Rumpheus. Uh, she's absolutely right, and maybe that's why we didn't connect to it. Hmm. Oxcart Man is about a guy who goes off and sells no, no, his no, wares. No, no, don't, don't spoil Oh, I'm sorry. It. I'm don't sorry. I won't. I'm going to roll up to racist. We should uh, save it. Yeah. We'll save it for mom's birthday. Next up, Sarah wrote in. Uh, Sarah goes back and forth on you. Initially, she says, I'm not speaking to Kate today because of her opinion on Mo Willems' delightful art. This is referring to, of course, uh, Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. <laughs> but then, she, well, but then, bear with me. She comes back. I find it very interesting that the whole chaos-slash-order Muppet dichotomy you two have going on. Yes, because I'm order and you're chaos. I am the chaos Muppet. Yeah. There is a a theory, I should say, for people who've missed it before, that every Muppet is either a chaos Muppet or an order Muppet. And I was under the impression I was the order Muppet. And that is what the picture on our iTunes and that's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what the podcast is. It's and on our Twitter. Chaos yeah. and Order yes. Muppets. As drawn us. by Andrea Sarumi. That's yeah. correct. Uh, yeah, so she she thought, because of this dichotomy, where I am the Chaos Muppet and you are the Order Muppet, she think it's broke down in the discussion of Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. Since you have decided in the past that Kate seeks order and you, Betsy, are Chaos Incarnate, I would have thought that Kate would be totally on board with keeping the pigeon from a mad bus joyride that could only end in disaster. It only goes to show you can't truly know a person from just a weekly podcast. Well, I don't know. I think it would be orderly to let the bus, to let the pigeon get on the bus. You put the car keys in the slot and you, you yeah, yeah, you start it up and then you let, you don't drive. and then the pigeon goes to uh, place number A, goes to place number B, goes to place number C, and then end of the book. It's here's, a very, there's an order to it. Here's the answer, We wouldn't Sarah. know, though, because uh, the pigeon doesn't even get the chance. You're, we're just basing it off the evidence that we have at our hands. Anyway, she goes on, and she says, Kate, I'm unshunning you for a second to thank you for being such a good sport and honest, unbiased reviewer that all us children's librarians can direct our indignation at before pausing to see things from an outsider's point of view. You're welcome. Yeah, then you're reshunned. Uh, oh, wait. and then she... Yeah, apparently. <laughs> come on. And then she asks how we come up with those crazy titles for Drew at the end of the show, and I thank you very much for that because I work very hard to make all those crazy titles for Drew. And I don't think anybody listens to the entire podcast, and I appreciate that, so thank you. <laughs> okay. I was very pleased with that. Okay. All right. Grown-up things we like! Universe. Ooh, it's in my bag. Growing up, I would babysit Tom Nelson. It was a cool kid. Liked this kid a lot. He liked to watch three things. Daily Show, The Weather Channel, and Batman the Animated Series. I liked all three of those things, possibly not the Weather Channel, but the other two I was real on board with. And Batman the Animated Series, I loved. In particular, I liked the character of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Now, Harley Quinn's a difficult character to like because if you're a feminist, it's kind of hard to get behind a girl who's, like, just desperately in love with a psychotic. But on the flip side, she is one of the very few amusing female trickster characters in American entertainment. Now, she has been co-opted in recent years into being, like, baby doll, cheerleader, huge rack girl, uh, which I do not approve of. I like my original Harley Quinn with her little Harley Quinn outfit on. That's how I like my Harley Quinn. So there's a new graphic novel out, and it is for adults. And it is Batman White Knight. And the premise is, it's by Sean Murphy uh, with Matt Hollinsworth. 
the premise of this book is very simple. The Joker has taken medication to become sane. And once he is sane, he is actually a good man. Batman, on the other hand, is becoming more and more brutal towards these criminals he's fighting, and the whole city, as well as the police commissioner, are turning against him. Joker runs for mayor, and he is diametrically opposed to Batman, but now Batman's more the villain and Joker's more sane. And, in the best twist of all, there are two Harley Quinns. The original and the stupid baby doll one. Stupid baby doll one doesn't like this change. The original one is very, very pleased with this change and is working with the new Joker, whose name is actually Jack Napier. This is a great book! It's very adult. Do not hand it to a child. But it really, if you watched Batman the Animated Series, all the characters, all the villains, everything are in this book. Uh, it's very insider-y when it comes to that particular thing. And it's a really good story. And I really like the relationship between Harley Quinn and, and, and Jack Napier. It's really sweet. So that is my very grown-up thing I like. Um, it's the first offering in DC's Black Label imprint featuring mature standalone stories set in a superhero universe. And it is great. It is out. Oh, it's already out. Uh, October 9th. Cool. Yeah. Hey. Right. Uh, mine has nothing to do with comics. <laughs> um, so I was given a, so mine is about clothes. So if you are looking for one, clothes made in America, two, clothes by, made in America by an independent artist, three, super comfy clothes, and we're talking like tank tops, jumpers, dresses, yoga tops, yoga pants, um, I highly recommend Corey Taylor. Um, if you go on Etsy... Her Spell that Corey there. Yes. If you go on Etsy, it's spelled C-O-R-I Taylor M-N, as in Minneapolis. How do you spell Taylor? T-A-Y-L-O-R. M-N. Okay. M-N. As in Minnesota, or Minneapolis, because that's, well, Minneapolis, Minnesota, yeah, that's where she's from. And, um, I, they, I think I explained it to you, they are stupid comfy okay. like i like a stupid comfy right they're like it's the most comfortable dress i've ever worn and sh and i highly recommend it and especially with like fall coming up she's got really cute like um fall colors like burnt oranges and this fabric is very stretchy so it's very forgiving especially if you eat a lot of pumpkin pie or apple pie. I like pie. Or just pie. Apple yeah, <laughs> pie. Um, yeah, I highly recommend you check her out. Corey Taylor MN on Etsy. Um, if you wanted just like a cute little tumnal, or, or what did you call it? Octumnal? Octumnal. An octumnal that's, dress. That's a little R with a circle around it. That's my that's my copyright. You can keep it. Woohoo! No one wants it. I won't. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. We'll put that uh, link up there in the show notes there. Yeah. So make sure people can get to it. So yeah, support Excellent. support local small businesses and uh, and be comfy at the same time. Woohoo! And then you'll die and be given a tulip. Yeah. By some Dutch guy. I hope it's a really dark purple one. In a picnic blanket. It's a house coat. I don't know. Uh, well, I've been Betsy. Okay. Bye. Fuse Eight and Kate is a Fuse Number Eight production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. 
Our music is by Haddon Givens Kine, and our lollipop man is Drew Etienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.